You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw. And in today's episode of Social Selling Simplified, we're jumping into how to stop people saying, I can't afford it. This episode is just going to be down and dirty because I feel like if you're getting this objection, it's really clear what you need to do. But sometimes you just need somebody to kind of cut the BS for you so that you can just get right to it. You probably heard before when it comes to getting objections and getting somebody to commit to something that it takes six no's to get a yes. So if you've ever been in sales, maybe you've heard that before. And the honest truth is actually, I think it takes six small mini yeses to get an overall big yes. And I think that this is where a lot of people, they skip steps or they don't know that this is the process they need to follow and they get way too excited. It's like they don't know what to do with their hands. They just jump in and it leaves them to a point that is not strategic. They're over talking and then all of a sudden people just ghost them and they have no idea why. I need to first start by just kind of setting the tone here for your relationship as the expert, as the consultant, as the person that knows more about the right solution for your ideal customer. You have to set up the relationship this way if you are going to get many yeses along the way. Because if you just word vomit and you do most of the talking, you're going to end up with getting objections to overcome all of the time. So I want you to think about it as sort of like the 80-20 rule. They are doing 80% of the talking. You are doing 20%. And that means that basically you are guiding the conversation with your questions. If you stop asking the right questions you will lose control of the conversation. And that is not what we want. We want to make sure that you are always in control of the conversation and you're guiding the conversations by your questions. Now, the other thing that can happen is if you don't have the right questions that you're asking, then you can be losing control and not getting enough intel before you get to the actual commitment component. And then you have, you know, I guess in the fitness industry, we used to call this ammo, which doesn't sound great. But what I'm really referring to is like this information. You don't have enough information to actually get them to the point of committing if you don't ask these questions first. That's sort of the pretext to all of this is that you need to be in control by asking the right questions and you need to ask enough questions so that you can have enough intel or 
ammo. I'm saying that in air quotes because I don't really mean ammo, but you need to have that to properly be able to overcome these questions when they come up. So I want you to think about this as really a 20 item list of questions you're going to have handy. You can actually get a copy of this if you go to ashleyshaw.ca slash five step dash inviting dash formula. We'll include this in the show notes. I do have this available in a freebie so that you don't have to write all these things down. You can just listen and pay attention, but they are there as well. But these are definitely the questions that I love to get out on the table first. And it's going to make sense why you want to get these out first in a second. When it comes to asking the questions, you want to find out a little bit about their past to know what they've tried, what hasn't worked, so that you can make sure to not steer them in that same direction. So I like to ask them, how long have they had this goal? And this can work for really any industry. It doesn't have to just be health and fitness, but you do want to ask them that question about how long they've had that goal to get a gauge of how much emotional energy they've invested in this. Maybe they say, oh, like this week I decided I wanted to have better skin or this week I decided I want to get fit. Then you're not going to go back to that later in your conversation, right? Like you've been thinking about this for five years. So you've been thinking about this for five days. So it doesn't have the same ammo or punch. So how long have they had this goal? The next question you want to ask them is what is their number one goal around their skin or their fitness goals, like whatever your industry is, this is really important. So if you think about this question, if I find out their number one goal is to tone up, that can mean something completely different than like they want to lose weight or something like that. So you have to ask that question, what is their number one goal? So you can make sure to be using the right language. So asking what is their number one fitness goal or number one skincare goal or whatever, that is super duper important. Next, you want to try to quantify that. So if it's a weight loss goal, you can ask them, how much do you want to lose or how much muscle do you want to gain? If it's something a little bit more non-qualitative, then you can ask them to scale it on a scale of one to 10. So let's say it has to do with their hair. So you may say something like, okay, perfect. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you're at your goal with your hair, you know, like it's shiny, it's growing, it's beautiful. And a zero being like, it's not growing, it's dry, it looks dead, all those things. Where are you right now? And where do you want to get to? Now, this question is really important because it sets a point of where they are currently at. And it just means more than not having any goal whatsoever and not being able to get them to describe what it feels like, where they're at right now versus where they want to go. So it sort of builds that bridge between where they are now and where they want to go. Next, you want to ask them, why is this your goal? And that's really important because this whole section here is really about going deep and getting into the emotional. And when you ask somebody to tell you why it's their goal, it helps them to verbalize and think about all those feelings that they've been having them and actually say them out loud. This is a really important part of the sales process. And this isn't for necessarily you to hear, it's for them to say out loud. So sometimes you have to kind of take yourself back a step. I remember sometimes asking these questions in a one-on-one sort of consultation type environment. And at first, you know, it can feel a little bit silly, like, why am I asking them these questions? But 
it's, you know, one, when you ask these questions, usually people don't even flinch. They just answer them. And you hear some crazy, great golden nuggets come out when you ask them these types of questions. So we've already talked about the question of how long have they had that goal? I mean, that can fall nicely here as well. If you want to ask them that at this point, how long have they had that beauty, hair, skincare, fitness, whatever it would be goal. Another one I'd like to ask is how much money have you spent on this goal in the past? This is a really great way to sort of add up all the investment they've made before and the fact that it might not have worked in the past. You're sort of confirming like you're ready to try something new. That's really helpful to understand because it's a turning point, right? If they've tried other things and it hasn't worked, this is a really good way to get them thinking about the possibilities of what could work for them. I also like to ask them what has worked in the past and what did they love about it? So for example, if it's a fitness related scenario, it's like, oh, well, before I had kids, I got to the gym early. It was just me time. I felt really good about it. So you want to build on those positives and recognize that those things that worked in the past are also probably going to work in the future. So when you are giving them a recommendation, you want to build those things into your answer. You can also ask what didn't work for you in the past. That is another great one to find out because you don't want to include those things in your solution either, right? You, you're almost like getting, let's say your customer's name is Anne. It's like you're getting on team Anne, right? You're figuring out, okay, that worked really well. We're going to do more of that. That didn't work well. We're going to do less of that. And it could be anything, right? Like if we're talking skincare client, let's say they were like, oh, when I was using vitamin C, I really noticed a difference in my skin. So you're like making notes, right? Like, oh yeah, that's going to be part of the prescription, you know, that we're going to make sure we include that. The next question that you want to ask, and this is more relevant in the fitness industry, but how much time can you commit? This is a really interesting one because you want to think about what are the top objections that most people get? Well, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't know if I can commit. I have to ask my spouse. I don't know if this is going to work for me. So those are like the five top. You want to basically have a question that gets all of those objections like one by one out of the way. So when you ask how much time can you commit per each week, what you're doing is you're getting them to state out loud that they have time each week. If you think about money, it's like, okay, perfect. So how much money can you invest or what can you invest in achieving your goals, your health goals, right? So you're getting those numbers out so that they don't become objections later. Now, money can be a bit tricky because let's say they give you a really, really low number. In that case, what you want to do is dig a little bit deeper and think about, okay, what are the things that they are currently spending money on, right? Like in the fitness industry, we would look at how many times a week are you eating out? How many meals do you cook at home? How many coffees or caffeinated beverages are you drinking? How many glasses of wine or alcohol are you having per night? Because the reason you want to ask all those questions is that it's starting to formulate how much money they're spending on those other things. And we all know if you get on a health kick, then you're going to cut some of those things out. So Another example would be, let's say we're talking about the beauty industry. You know, how many times do you go like for your skin? I know for myself, if I was breaking out or or something in the past, I buy things to cover it up, right? Whereas if I just bought the right product, maybe that wouldn't happen and I wouldn't need to buy all those foundations and translucent powders and all those other things to cover it up. 
you're really kind of on this quest. Like you're like Sherlock Holmes trying to figure out what is sort of that root cause beneath it. And once you get all these answers of things they're spending your money on, you're verbally just going to say, okay, so perfect. So you spend about, you know, $50 a month in, let's say, like additional makeup and products that you're usually using to kind of top up what you have because of some underlying skin issues that you feel are going on. Plus you buy vitamin C, you buy this, you buy this. Okay, perfect. So that is about this much. You are kind of adding all those things up and you have that number that they're already spending where you know that the root solution is going to be to use your product, which is actually cheaper, more likely in the long run. Next, you want to ask, does your spouse support you or who is your biggest cheerleader? So that's going to answer the question of, do they have someone that supports them? Or, you know, when somebody says, oh, I have to go ask my husband or partner, like, does this person support you in your goals of being healthy and fit and that sort of idea, right? The next one you want to think about is, oh, I don't know if I can commit to it. Many of the products that we sell out there normally have a money back guarantee. It's a great point to be able to mention that and just let them know that that's one of the things that makes our company stand out is that you have that opportunity to try that product, make sure it really works for you so that it's something that you can feel really, really good about and not that it's you know just all about getting your money. We really want to make sure this works for you. The other question you can ask is, how important is this goal to you on a scale of one to 10? And it really sort of helps cement that it's like, if they say, oh, it's a 10 out of 10, it's like, okay, it's super important. So there's nothing standing in the way of you getting to to your goal. So you're just reaffirming that commitment out loud. And maybe that's one thing that I would say has really helped in those sales conversations Uh, Now, it of course depends how you're doing this, right? Like if you're DMing somebody or you're sending audio message, my preference is audio message. If you're going back and forth with somebody, if you're not doing like, you know, that face-to-face example, just because your voice, there's intonations. I can say like, what do you think of that? Or what do you think of that? Like that's intonation, right? Those two different um, types of sounds that you hear. The other thing is you can build more rapport with the speed of your voice. So if I talk really fast or I talk really slow, that is going to associate with building rapport or not building rapport. The last thing is if I talk like super high pitch or I'm super like calm and relaxed with my voice, you really want to mimic that other person. The beauty of doing audio messages with somebody back and forth is that you can match their tone. So that is super helpful in having that extra layer of building rapport versus typing everything out and asking questions. You can totally do that. It just, I know when I go to write out a message, it's super sometimes like I'm defeated before I even start because I know that I can say something faster. That's why I love to go back and forth with audio. These are all the questions that I love to ask. And if I've missed any, if you feel like, oh, this is always one that really works for me, make sure that you make a note in the comments so that other people can learn from that and add into that. I really think that having these questions asked ahead of time really allows you to properly mediate those objections and how to stop them before you start. Because nobody likes to say, oh, I'm the type of person that does this. And then when it comes to actually asking them to get started, 
if they've already verbally said, this is the type of person I am, nobody wants to go back on their word. That's why sometimes it's not even as much about the intel and gathering all this information. It's actually just getting the other person to say it all out loud so that they remember how important this goal is to them, how long they've been working towards it, how much money they've already invested. They're ready to really do it this time. And that just sets you up for so much more success. And my motto around this stuff is like, I never want to be the person that is overcoming six no's. Like that's just, it's never, ever going to be my style to overcome six no's. What I would prefer to do is learn more about the psychology of getting more yeses and asking more of those questions. Cause that just feels like I'm actually trying to help this person rather than just persuade them that they need this product. Cause I really do think that if they're talking to you, they have a genuine interest. But if you're getting a no, something just doesn't feel right. And usually when you get a no, it actually just means that one of their questions has gone unanswered. And asking all these questions is just a really good way to suss that out and make sure that you are answering all their questions and you're sort of verbalizing that as you go. That's all I got for you. Keeping it short and sweet. I would love to hear how you are handling this objection and how this helps you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Social Selling Simplified, and we'll see you next time. Are you a health and fitness coach wanting to really climb rank and finally be able to go full-time with your business? If you're struggling to figure out where to go next, you might be catching this in time to join my Advanced Marketing Funnel membership. This opportunity doesn't open very often because we work closely with our members, and I want to make sure you get a top-notch experience. You don't have to be a marketing or tech whiz to make it in this business. I'm saving you hundreds of hours and headaches by teaching you the simple system that top influencers use, and it's not dependent on social media. In just 30 minutes, you can set up a system that will start multiplying your efforts and let you finally quit your nine to five. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash AMF for the info and join while spots are open. The membership closes when all spots are filled. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash AMF. So excited to see you guys on the inside.